Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, hey, what's up, everybody? Good morning. Missed you over the long weekend. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep, Spencer Israel. I got Joel here. I got Dennis here. I got Money Mitch in the background. Uh, I feel like we have more things to discuss because we, we we lost a day last week and uh, we didn't get to talk about everything we would have liked. So uh, that's basically it. Hope you all had a great weekend. Hope everyone enjoyed their Easter, enjoyed their Passover. Uh, enjoy the extra day on today's show. Uh, what is in focus here this morning? Well, the overall market is in focus. We want to talk about the banks. We have some earnings. Bank America, Charles Schwab. We want to talk about China. Lockdowns continuing to get worse. Also, Didi had some news over the weekend. We'll talk about that. Yes, we'll probably talk about Twitter for a little bit because, you know, we have to. <laughs> we don't have to, but we have to. Um, and then no Tim Quas today. He's out, he's out on vacation. But CC Lagator will join us from Options AI. He'll give us some options trade ideas for this week. This is the first big week of the next of the, of the current earnings season of the Q Q2 or Q1, whatever. Q2 earnings season. It's really starting now. We're gonna have Netflix tomorrow, Tesla on, I believe, Thursday, right? Snapchat's on, no, Tesla's on Wednesday. Snapchat's on Thursday. Some big name reports this week. So strap in. Let's start the show and uh, smash that like. Here we go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the petty. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, Dennis. How are we doing today? How are we doing? We're in the red by 11 and a quarter handles. That's uh, that's the bad news. The good news is we're off the pre-market low by quite a bit. Uh, you have crude in the red by 11 cents after just a great week last week at 106.28. Uh, gold, can you say 2K? Up 21.70 in 1996.60. Silver in the green by 57 cents at 26.26 and a half. Uh, Bitcoin getting hit back under 40K, down 765 at 39,060. And Ethereum's following a little bit more on a percentage basis. It's down $87 at 29.08.50. So uh, we had a little bit of a a weak close on Friday. Uh, They had some follow through. Well, we're getting follow through Sunday night and Monday, Dennis. Did uh, did you see any weakness in the after hours trading on Friday? Thursday, that would be, or did you knock it off early because of the holiday? We can't hear you. That was you so want... long ago, so long ago. <laughs> I cannot remember Thursday at all. So I can see from my positions that maybe there was a little bit of weakness in a few things and a little bit of strength in other things, but that was a long time ago, Thursday. So to try to remember that over the Easter holiday, and I got sick over the Easter holiday too. So I'm fighting this little bit of a flu bug here so yeah no i don't remember what happened thursday but i can tell you what's happening this morning is this a leak we got a little bit of weakness here across the board china probably a catalyst here a lot of stocks alibaba's down another two dollars here this morning so it's 
it's a slow, steady leak in this market here for basically the last week and a half. I mean, even if you go and bring up the S&P, we've just been slowly weaking. We try to find a little bit of life, and then we sell off again. We find a little bit of life, and we sell off again. Again, the market doesn't want to hold rallies, and that's still telling me that the path of least resistance is still lower. Uh, it was kind of a sneaky week last week because, uh, you know, you had the bad down day on Monday, right? And then even by Friday, even that rally off, you know, I want well, I don't want to go back all the way to Thursday again, Dennis, but was there huge buy imbalances on that short expiration? Because we were weak in the pre-market, weak in the pre-market, and then just like out of the gate, we had like a 20, 25-point rally. I just wondered if that was buy imbalances. Again, I can't remember okay. back to Thursday. I think, I, if I remember the open correctly, I think I remember tweeting that it was some buy imbalances, and I think okay. we ended up opening a little bit high at the open. I know the close was quiet. There wasn't okay. much on the close. But I think on the open, I think we opened a little bit too high. I do remember being short stocks. So, um, so yeah, I think to your point, I think we opened too high. We opened at the highs, and we leaked all day. And we really didn't recover it after hours. We really haven't recovered it this morning. This market is still in profit-taking mode here, at least from the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and we're still way, way off the uh, uh, the the March lows. Still quite a bit, uh, quite a ways off from that. We're below the weekly low. Did you um, did you see uh, Jeremy's tweets over the weekend? Him doing the bear crawl. Did you no, see that at all? Yeah, what's he doing? Jer- well, Jeremy he, always has interesting tweets. He's so fun. Well, what he did is he's like Sunday morning family workout. And uh, they're out in this field and they're doing bear crawls. You know how you do that, you know, on all fours. Oh, but like he sped it up. So it was in like super fast motion. And I said, well, Jeremy, I said, uh, we know what um, your your market sentiment is and how low can we go? And he's looking for 4,200. Uh, by May, I think big support down the there at 4,200. It's probably not a bad target if you're short stocks. I'd say I'd, I'd, I'd think similar. That's nice support down there. So it's a logical level for us to retrace to here. I think there's still people who are trying to buy the dip as well. So I think you're just going to be choppy. Um, I my sentiment still long term is that we're going to go lower long term, but I don't know the path to get there. So I think it's going to be a lot of chop to get there. In other words, just more of the same what we've we've been saying it for months more of the same it's been working yeah i mean just you know not holding on to things like you get the gainer six seven percent you take it and run you're fading the pops and you're and the dips dip buying has been working to a certain extent too the pops fading has been working better selling the rips but the dip buying is still working too so basically just fading moves not chasing if you're chasing in this market you're losing money. And I mean, two weeks ago, everybody was chasing. They're like, this is it. You know, the S&Ps are coming back. We went from 415 to 460. It felt like in a heartbeat. Apple went all the way. You know, it was the biggest, one of the biggest moves in Apple in a long time from 150 to 176 in 10 trading sessions, right back to almost all-time highs. It was another selling opportunity. I mean, the Alibaba taking it to China. Stock goes up 70% in, 10, in seven trading sessions. You take the money and run, man. Don't chase. That's the one recipe for losing money in this market is chasing. Got to keep the FOMO kick back. Don't chase stocks in 2022. I want to go to China. A couple of headlines on that front, one of which is just broad continuation of of the lockdown there. I mean, there's there's more people in lockdown. than the entire population of of Australia, uh, 20, 25 uh, uh, million people in in, in Shanghai alone um, in lockdown right now. Uh, That's just continuing to weigh on everything. In addition to that, we did have a bit of uh, some micro news over the weekend uh, from Didi, the Uber of China, uh, reported earnings uh, for for, uh, last quarter. They weren't great. Their their revenue fell like twelve percent year over year, and on top of that, they gave a date on the shareholder vote for their delisting. It's going to be May, whatever it says there on the screen. I right, uh, I I think I, I wrote it down. May twenty third is the date. Um, so that's the vote if you're a shareholder. That's the date if you're a shareholder to you know vote on whether they should delist off the New York Stock Exchange. But the numbers they gave weren't great, and just broad macro, you know, from a macro point of view, 
nothing looks great here in China. No, they've given it back. I mean, but if you want to buy China stocks, if you had to buy them two weeks ago, now would have been your time to, you've got a nice pullback here now in a lot of those names. I'm not buying them. I sold a lot of my emerging market funds into those rallies, as I said I would, was doing. Um, but you look at Alibaba, it's come off significantly from the highs, 120 down to 93. Well, now you're over, even over the 50% retracement. I mean, the market just gives you chances and chances. Again, JD back down, you know, way off where it was just two weeks ago. Baidu coming back in from 100 to 160 almost. Now it's back at 127. So if you're underinvested, if you want to be invested in the emerging markets, you've got a pullback now. I just don't know, like, ah, the, you know, the Taiwan situation. I'm not even that worried about the lockdowns. That doesn't scare me. They're going to come out of lockdown eventually, and maybe you get a relief pop then. I just worry about so many other things, the whole Russia situation, which side is China siding with? Are they going to potentially invade Taiwan eventually? Because that would open a whole nother can of worms. I mean, there's so many unknowns over there that it makes it tricky to just say, okay, yeah, I'm coming in. China's undervalued. China's been undervalued for a decade. And it's been an underperformer for the last 10 years. Every year you think, oh, this is the catch-up trade, and it never seems to occur. And now we've had an awful year for China. So it's tough. It's a tough market to invest in. Market market does not like uncertainties, and that's for sure. We're faced with a lot of uncertainties, the, the China situation, the war situation, interest rate situation, um, other things going on. So one thing. Market does not like his uncertainty, and uh, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. And that uncertainty is not going away. But the one thing we do have certainty on is that interest rates are going higher. That's the one thing we have certainty on. The inflation, so, so the things we have certainty on are not good things for the stock market. Certainty that there is inflation all around us. Certainty that interest rates are going up to try to fight that inflation. Certainty that this war situation is not pretty over there. Whether it gets better or not, up. we don't know. So with all of those things, do we want to be all in on this market? I mean, this market has given you so many chances to lighten up. This has been the market of all gifts for the bulls. You know, it's just like it won't break. It won't break. It won't break. I think eventually it does. And that's why I keep sitting with a lot of cash and long-term account. But as a trader, you just got to keep going with what's working. And that is fading moves, shorting the reps, selling the reps, buying the dips, fading moves not chasing the exact opposite of chasing i mean that's why people using stops are getting stopped out of everything right now because a stop and we've talked about this before too in essence is a chasing maneuver a stock starts going down boom i'm stopped out well that's the dip that other people are buying on and then it comes back and you're like oh i got stopped out on that that stuff's not working right now so it's even hard that you can to have risk management techniques because you're getting stopped out of everything so it's a tricky market right now, but overall, I just don't want to be invested in a market with this much uncertainty, like not fully all in. That's why I think if you don't have any cash, it's prudent to raise cash on rallies. That's I've been preaching that for months. Yeah. I'm sticking with it. Something else to just consider as we come into earnings season is uh, I, I, I am curious to know just to, to get the point of view or, or the sentiment, at least, from these CEOs, I really wanted to know what, what the bank CEOs said last week. Uh, they were pretty bearish. But just move, even moving away from the banks, though, right? Like, I'm, I, I'm just curious, are, are, are CEOs from other industries trying to pound the table and say, just so you guys know, the rest of the year is going to be tough for us? Or are they trying to lower, lower their expectations now? So they can beat later. Are they? Are they saying like, "Oh no, it's all good. Everything is good. Everything is fine. We're all we're 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 making money. We're selling whatever it is that we sell. Or people are buying, and it's all good here." Or are they trying to, you know, lower the bar and throw a bunch of reasons at the wall as to why you think the rest of the year won't be as great as maybe last year? So it's I don't, gonna I, be I don't important. Know. That this week no. starts where we start to get a feel. It's not really, there's not a ton of big companies reporting this week. They're going to get in the heart of it next oh. week. Yeah, there's a lot. But there's a few, but the Apples and the Amazons and the Googles, they're coming, but they're not coming this week. We got Tesla this week on Wednesday, if I'm looking at my sheet right. Tesla on Wednesday, Netflix tomorrow, 
We got IBM, but nobody cares about IBM. Um, Did not hold the gains. Uh, yeah, from the upgrade didn't yeah. Even just got faded. Yeah, that, that was I mean, like, we oh. know Nucor is going to kill it because they were, you know, steel obviously is, you know, was was good. But the outlook going forward, you know, I'd be scared there. But, you know, it's next week we're really going to get into the heart of it. Like, there is some big names there, but Procter & Gamble is a staple. It's always going to do, you know, it's not bad. The one I was worried about Procter & Gamble was just with uh, with their input costs, with, you know, stuff going up, whether they're going to get squeezed a bit. But it's really next week where we're going to really start to get a feel from the big tech giants. So we'll see what Tesla says. Though. Well, and, and, Sorry, Joe, go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, also the reaction, kind of like the way you feel right now, is that, you know, with these companies come out and beat, there's going to be sellers, you know, because the people are on, you know, from the recent high of the move. Whereas, if, you know, if they come out with punk earnings, right, or not good or guide lower, you just don't really feel like there's going to be that, like, insatiable bid here for it. So uh, kind of like on that jobs number that we had, uh, you know, to begin the month, it was like a good number. Right. And it just like it was crickets, you know, like they tried to take it up. So that's what, you know, that's the way market feels right now. How, you know, whatever the earnings are, you can predict, but it's like it's that reaction, you know, like, I mean, look at Apple. I mean, this thing is falling out of the tree looking bad. (laughs) Okay. You know, back to one people think, well, if this gets back to 170, you know, I, I want to get out at 170. Then look at all that air underneath it. That's trading in the red, too. You're starting to lose. You're, the, the most concerning thing to me is, you know, you're starting – what took us up here, the big tech, you're starting to lose your leadership here. Microsoft, you know, that broke down under the 50% retracement of the move. Uh, Google uh, – Boom! That's near the. They got the split on the table, which helps, but yeah. Yeah, but it's not. It, yeah, but this is where it announced that it was doing the split. I think the split trick. That was. I think that was a. You know, that was just perfect timing. Amazon needs to hold three k. Yeah. I mean, you lost and Nvidia. Look at this thing. This thing's. Oh, going the under, chips have been just. A yeah, the chips Joel. are down. Holy. I got the AMD. It was the one stock I bought on the rip. Buy on the rip, you deserve to lose money. So I deserve to be down in that. And I tell you. This thing has just been straight down. It had that downgrade. It's like the upgrades are faded and the downgrades just continue to go down afterwards. It was the downgrade when the stock was 125 and the stock went down to 110 that day. And you're like, well, that seems like an overshoot. And now it's 93. And now it's 91 in the pre-market. And now it's like, holy cow, man. People are caught. Yeah, well, they're caught. I'm caught. I'm an AMD as well. I put in the long-term account thinking, well, you might have some exposure here. Get off the 50% cash. Mistake. Mistake. Deserve to be down money. This is the kind of market, it'll give you another chance. It'll give you another chance. And now, at this point in time, AMD is a cheap relative to itself. It's very cheap, but that's relative to itself. It's still trading like 26, 27 well, times earnings, which isn't considered a cheap stock. I mean, we're only back to where we were last August, which wasn't even that long ago. So, <laughs> it, it, it can, Anything can go anywhere here. Nobody knows. That's the point You know, we continue to give on this show is that you know, things can change. We've got ceasefire over in Ukraine. We start getting inflation in check. We can rip higher. It's why I'm not 100% cash. But I'm not going to be 100% in either. But I tell you, every stock that I bought in the last month, I'm down. And I bought AMD. I bought JP Morgan. It's down five bucks. I down bought Micron. I'm down two bucks in that. You got you, you, it's because you, you got to buy the, the Dow components, man. You got to buy the boring. I mean, JP Morgan is boring, but like you got to buy. You know, your staples. You got to buy, like, here. I, I mean, think the pain's coming there, too, though. I, I don't... I mean, it hasn't happened yet. I mean... I'll just tell you, when you're buying and the market goes down 6 7% after you bought something, the odds are that you're probably going to be down in your stocks. I know I'm the only person that buys stocks and loses money sometimes, but... And everybody can tell you what you're doing wrong, but I tell you, there's a lot of crickets that are hiding on Twitter. They hide. You read Twitter... You think everybody's making money except me. They're all liars. People talk about their winners. They don't talk about their losers. They spin the truth. It's not everybody's getting rich out there without you. 2020 was the case. Everybody was winning on everything. I told you I had 100 stocks in my long-term portfolio. I was up in 97. I'm, oh, I'm a market genius. No, it was the market environment. It was just easy. Everything was going up. This is not Kansas anymore. Don't believe 
all these, you know, whatever they they call themselves on Twitter that, you know, are teaching you that, yeah, I make money. And they, they just, they're spinning the truth. A lot of them, and there's some good tra- traders, don't kid yourself. But the majority of people out there, when the market is going down, are losing money as well. So don't kid yourself. You're not getting left in the dust. All these people who were talking crypto, Dogecoin, all this stuff, and, you know, NFTs. Like, we're not, let's go into that, too. I mean, right. holy mackerel. Jack Dorsey, some investor, buying the first tweet for $2.4 million. And, and from Jack Dorsey. Did Dorsey the one that sold that? Like, he was able uh, to sell his first tweet? Or yeah, yeah he, he put it up for sale. And he sells it, yeah. $2.4 million. The investor thinks it's worth 48, lists it on OpenSea or whatever for $48 million. I'll give half the money to charity. And the top bid he gets over the three, four days is 30 grand. He's down 99% on that investment. These are, you know, this NFT stuff, like people are sitting on those and there's no market for a lot of the things and they think they're still worth stuff. That stuff's been crushed, crushed. So there is a lot of alternative investments that people thought, who about the guy that bought the $2 million worth of virtual land? How's that doing? Is that still worth $2 million? I, I, I think there's a market for that, Dennis. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm I don't sure. think there's much of a market for yeah. it, Spencer. Um, I'm going to say that right now. So all I'm saying is you'll get this spin when you are on Twitter, and it's toxic. But when you are on social media, and I, Joel, I think you're going to agree with me on all this. When you're just reading there, you think you're just not keeping up with anybody else. You know, even in our chat, sometimes people talk. They talk about their winners. They don't get the guts to talk about the losers. They don't have the guts to do it. I'm telling you, I've been doing this 22 years. I bought four or five stocks in my long-term portfolio in the last two weeks. I'm down in them all. So maybe I'm the only person, or maybe I'm the only person with the guts to tell you the truth. I think other people are talking about it. Not, not, maybe maybe on this chat because we I, teach them. I respect people that talk about their losers. I disrespect people, the people that come on CNBC, right. the analysts, you know, the stock goes up. Oh yeah, we bought that yesterday. Yeah, well, you bought 99 other stocks that are down, but you'll talk about the one you bought that went up. Spinning the truth. All right, well, let, let's go to one of those uh, historical losers. Spencer's now. looking for the, the, the fishing reel, man. He wants to reel us in. Well, I, this I, is I the want... truth. I mean, that's, I mean, that's why you, you could choose to listen to our show or or not i mean the the fact of the matter is is we tell it the way it is and if you don't like the way it is then turn on cnbc or go to your twitter feed and you know with with i'm, I'm not going to go into the whole twitter thing i'm not i'm not going to go on a twitter rant i'm gonna well I'm gonna, let's talk I'm about gonna be talk. i'm gonna i told at least the whole weekend i'm not going to go on a twitter rant let's so. talk about twitter the stock though okay okay, okay. there's some the, the next and I'm going to say this is predictable because I, I it is predictable. Uh, when you get one person sniffing around a company, then the then the rest of the sharks start to circle. And so now there are rumors and speculation that uh, a firm like Tama Bravo or other private equity firms could also throw their hats in the ring for Twitter. Uh, if you if you don't know what the latest development is uh, on Thursday, uh, Twitter's board approved a poison pill, which just means that. If anyone accumulates more than 15% of the company, they would dilute the crap out of them. Uh, Elon Musk is now plotting his next move. There are rumors that other offers could come in. And um, Twitter is in play. We know this. Twitter is in play. And that's why, uh, well, at least it was up. With the well, the company play. says it's not in play. Well, I mean, they're in play. That That's that, that's the fact. Like, they are. They didn't choose to be, but they are. Right? They are. <laughs> it's no fault of their own, but yet here they are nonetheless. So anyway, um, Twitter made a very interesting move on, on Thursday, right? It, uh, th- th- that was, of course, the day of the uh, four. Oh, man, that feels like a week ago. <laughs> it, it was only Thursday. I know. It feels like so long ago, especially <laughs> when you're sick all weekend. It feels like it feels so like long ago. It feels like a week ago. But oh, no, so long ago. The actual offer itself uh, was, was made on Thursday. And we've, so we've only had one day to digest that. Today's day two. Oh, really? That was Thursday? I know. It feels like a month ago. <laughs> it's not. It was recent. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, yeah, because I woke up and I was like in the pre-market. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope it's at 54. I hope it's anywhere near 54. And it was at like 50. 
and then we started talking about it on the show, and it just went down all day. Um, still own it. Still own a piece. I, I just hope it's taken private. I hope it's taken out. I want it out of my portfolio. Just don't want to sell the rest, you know, with the deal on the table. It's just hold it up. You know, it's, it's just like it's mysteriously holding up here at the area that you talked about, Triple D, 44, 45. Uh, you're buying it here, 46, yeah. you know. It let, they completely walk away from everything. It goes back to 40 bucks. Um, that's looking at it technically. Uh, they really were – the street kind of told you what they thought of that offer. Um, what the what uh, the company was going to do with it. So now they're hiring J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs and everything. I, I just, oh, I, oh I, I, wait, wait. Speaking of that, someone I, I saw this over the weekend because um, Goldman is advising Twitter, right, uh, on this, and yet Goldman also has I believe they have a sell rating. Uh, it no, hold on. Yeah, it, they it, do. It, it was it was Goldman. It, Goldman is, is, is on the one hand advising Twitter uh, to reject the the offer. On the other hand, they've got a sell rating. Oh, uh, I saw it. I know. And it's I like know. so. So you know, you, you got to give them credit for having the Chinese wall there. But on the other hand, it does look a little bit weird yeah. when you've got part of the company says one thing and the other part says something completely different. It, 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 yeah, there's. But, yeah. but but that's but that's the idea, right? That's the point is that they are separate and, and yeah. Different. So they so, keep it separate big time. Yeah, yeah. It's just it was just funny to see that though. It's like trying to ju- try to justify that. But um, anyway. Um, I yeah, I think I personally this is my thought like my opinion I think it's gonna get bought I think it's just I think Musk is like when he gets his mind set to something he's gonna go hostile with this thing so I, I don't it's know. hard to buy a company just because it's in play and we know if it all goes away this thing's buy down at like thirty five or thirty six bucks so there's definitely some risk I personally think it's gonna get bought I think there's other people sniffing around now like you said Spencer. I, I don't think Musk is just going to give up. I don't think he is. I think it's just him. I'm just trying to get Perhaps. Musk's head. Perhaps. I don't think he's going to give up. I think he's going to get involved with whoever else he has to to make this deal happen. It seems like he wants it. He wants, you know, like, and when he gets his mind set to something, this guy, you know, <laughs> the things he accomplishes. So I, I wouldn't bet against Musk uh, taking this company. So I would not short it. No, and uh, I mean, it's just for me, too. I just look at this. It's like, where's it gone for 10 years? You know, or not 10 years, eight, nine years. Uh, you know, went public it right around 40, trading around this area. I mean, obviously, you know, he's buying it because one of two things. Either he has like some moral agenda or he thinks it's worth a lot of money and a lot more money. And for whatever this company has been doing for the past 10, 10 years or so, he knows what's, what's better for it. He, so he has said, more power to him. He has said publicly, this isn't about the money. It's about free speech, you know, and he wants to be involved. Right. He has said publicly that this isn't about the money. He has said that after this deal, he said it on, like I saw a clip on the weekend. It's not about the money for him, whether that is true or not. <laughs> who knows when you're in Musk's head but I don't I don't think it's about the money either it's about you know he wants his freedom of speech he wants to be able know. to do what he wants to do and this is a platform that he thinks he could use that for Try, trying to get speculate on a person's motives as we've seen in the last couple of months with Putin is just impossible yeah. and, and and fruitless and a waste of time and energy uh, and Elon Musk is the exact same way trying to speculate on, on his motives and 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 his next move or and and it, it's a waste of time um, I, I'm, I'm in the camp that um, I don't I don't think Elon Musk I think there's a chance Twitter gets taken out, but not by Elon Musk. I think there's a chance that somebody else comes in. Uh, but we'll see. Obviously, we don't know. It's all speculation here. Yeah. It's only can been a we week. Get, can we get Thomas Jefferson or Oliver Wendell Holmes on the show to get there? Oliver Wendell Holmes. Oh, yeah. That's a deep cut. I don't yeah. know. That's yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, no, we can't. But we'll, what we can do quickly before we bring on our guest in a few minutes here is go run through the uh, the earnings for the day because there are. Sure, let's do that. Oh, let's there do are, there are real a couple stuff. of them. Uh, 
real stuff. Bank America uh, report. That's the that's the headliner of the day. Um, earnings per share came in above estimate to eighty cents for a seventy four cent estimate. Sales also beat slightly twenty three point two versus twenty three point one billion dollars. Uh, what's the stock doing? Oh, it's up, but man, you just have to wonder if they're you know. If they're gonna do what they did to every other, you know, bank stock, the yeah. four AM pop, I don't know what that was about. You made a new low of the move yesterday, so technically this thing is, you know, telling you unless it holds, th- unless you take that low for the move was in yesterday and the low close here, that's what you're leaning on thirty seven forty two. I mean, you're not even anywhere near uh, the close from Wednesday at thirty eight eighty two. So. Until it gets above that, I, I don't know. And if it goes red here, if it can't hold the 37.57, look for a test, uh, a low, a test of the low of the move at 37.42. Or they just don't hold the gains. And I mean, these bank charts are ugly in a rising interest rate environment. The banks continue to get hammered. And the reason for that is there's a recession risk, and the recession is not good for the banks. So I think you're seeing. The risk, this market pricing in, the risk of recession in the trading of these bank stocks. Because if we were in this booming economy going forward and looking ahead that everything was going to keep booming, and we were in a rising interest rate environment to boot, these banks would be making new highs, not new lows. That's telling me that my recession thoughts could be correct. Well, part of that is the, is, is the yield curve, right? Part of that is the... Uh, the in- some some pairs have inverted, others haven't. But uh, I mean, don't banks make money off of the spread in the yield curve? And so, if those as, as those spreads narrow, they make less money. Uh, I so. mean, banks are usually borrowing short, lending long. But all I know is, when I see the TLT getting destroyed like this, I would naturally think that bank stocks would be doing well. And that is not the case. Not the case. There is a separation happening here that I have not seen in a lot of years, which telling me something's going on. I think that something starts with the world word R, and I think this soft landing isn't going to be so soft. If you just go high level and look at the sectors, I would uh, try to find one that does, that looks worse than than the XLF right now. Oh. The, the, and, and think about the XLF. Not, not all of them look good. But, but think about what the XLF, the biggest holding in the XLF Berkshire. is Berkshire. And it's held up. Yeah, Imagine if the XLF didn't have Berkshire in it. Well, it would probably look like the <laughs> some of the other uh, banking ETFs, which are, don't look great at all. So, I don't know. It, it's tough. It, it, it's been a tough investing environment. Again, some of these you know relationships that I've built my you know career on aren't working right now. So, you've got to adjust. But TLT, this is just unbelievable, you know, carnage. The bond market has been hit really hard. And a rising interest rate environment should do that and is doing that. And those who weren't reading, you know, what the Fed was feeding them back in January, back in, you know, November, October, really, of last year, when we knew the rising interest rate environment was coming, are losing money and they deserve to be losing money. My question is, is when do utility stocks and when do the other stocks start figuring this out? Because your utility dividends at four percent, three point Southern is now three point four seven percent. They've hit there so much. Institutional money managers are hiding there so much. They've driven that yield down to three and a half percent in an environment where yields are coming up. I'm like, eventually, you know, really, when you go to your textbook, higher rates are not supposed to be good for utilities. But in this case, it's just everybody's desperate to own some type of stock. And they're like, I'll take the utility stock because I deem it safe. Um, you know, obviously in a the recession, they're still going to be making money. But man, I, I just think when I was buying Southern, I had in my portfolio 40 to 60. I was like, and then I thought I was getting low. The yield was like 6%. Now it's three and a half. And we got, you know, the short-term rates climbing high. It's like it doesn't add up. Yeah, something's going utilities. Have you been uh have you been dabbling in the preferreds at all? I know you go in. They've been and getting out hit the... too. They're starting to get hit now too. So bring up PFF. That's going right along That's... with the TLT. But people who are hiding there are in the wrong trades too. You want to sit in the corporate preferred four and a half, five percent wow, right now? Look at the corporates. Wow. These are like long term bonds on basically like long term bonds, which aren't even as good as bonds on corporate stocks. I mean, I, I mean the PFF has been hit fairly hard. This is like 
you, you don't look at the 2020 because that was when the markets were shutting down. Everything was going to zero. But, I mean, this is a big move in January, February, March. It is. It is. PFF, you know, like you're sitting there for your 5%. Well, you've lost 5% in the last three months. So your yield is gone and you're sitting in the net red. That has not been a safety trade either. I think that what 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 is you know keeping the utilities buoyant at this point is you know the the pricing power and the flexibility and the pricing right and they can you know they're they're recession proof the yeah. businesses uh, so that you're you're correct Joel the businesses are recession proof we're not shutting down and using less power because we're probably using more power because not going out as much and spending out as much money so I mean utility stocks and that's why people are hiding there because they are recession proof but then you look and you think. Yeah, but are the stocks attractive at these prices and giving me a three and a half or four percent? I'm almost better to go, you know, sit in some long, you know, sitting, you know, you're getting to a point or, you know, government bonds are going to start give, giving me some yield here. So, I mean, look at that Detroit, Eddie. Oh, man, look at that chart, Dennis. Holy mackerel. They're look all hiding that. in there, Joel. Yeah. Every money manager is hiding in utilities because they feel like they're recession proof. They're getting a little bit of yield. They're hiding. They're going to sit out and wait until they feel the safety. You know, like we can jump back in to we're rallying here, but we can jump back into um, tech stocks and everything else that's worked. They're, they're hiding. hiding they're hiding in utilities, staples, and mostly yep. mostly in commodities. I mean, everyone's talking about nat- natty gas this morning. Is that a is that what is that like a fourteen year high? You look at the the NG futures. Unreal. Fruit? 14 year high for UNG Nets. straight up. NG, yeah. I mean, yeah. Energy, utilities, staples. Those are the big three right now. Where people uh, are hiding. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, I'd be curious to get to get our guest thoughts on, on, on all this. Uh CC Lagator is the co-founder of Options AI, uh, a, a great options trader, former options market maker. Um, let's get him on the show. I, I, I hope he has ideas, some ideas for us this week. Let's see what we got. Cece, good morning. How's it going? Doing fantastic. How you doing? Good. Good to see you guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, have any, any takes on any of the, uh, things we just discussed? Well, it's interesting. You know, this is the first sort of crowded, uh, earnings week. Um, I think it was Dennis saying earlier next week's the, you know, the big boys, but this week, if you remember back to January, this week where, you know, Netflix, um, and like Snapchat or Snap, whatever the kids are calling it these days. Um, that week when it reported, that that was sort of the first indication that quarter that things were getting a little unhinged. And I don't know if you all remember, but like that was the week that, you know, Netflix dropped 20 some percent on earnings. I think uh, Snap went up like 50 or 60 percent on earnings. I don't know if you remember that. And I was looking back at that over the weekend and, you know, just trying to figure out what was going on. And basically, the VIX at that week in January, the last time these companies went, um, was up above 30. So things were starting to get a little unhinged in the, you know, in volatility and implied volatility. And you had basically, um, you know, the, the market took the view that if you were like a, you know, a company that hadn't really been murdered yet, like Netflix, and you, you know, you missed, it was like, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. And then you had those other situations where those stocks like a snap or, you know, all those meme stocks and everything that had been getting killed for like since the fall, you know, there was almost like an opportunity for a short squeeze there. This week, 
the setup's a little bit different. Like, you know, the VIX this morning is 24, you know, which is high, but, you know, higher than historical averages, but not that high. And I, you know, as you guys have been mentioning all morning, things just seem a little bit, I don't, I wouldn't say they're predictable, but like the, the selling the rips and being patient to buy dips, like you're seeing that right now. And I could see, you know, as far as like trading into these next couple of weeks of a, a lot of earnings, the way the options market generally works is the way, you know, and you, I've talked about this a lot when I've been on with you guys in the past is expected moves, right? You'll hear that term going into earnings. And generally the way that works is options will be pricing a move into an event like this. And the, the stock tends to historically stay at that move or inside that move about 65, 70% of the time. That week I was, those weeks I was describing in January, the last sort of earnings cycle <clears throat> of these companies, it seemed like every fourth company that reported was like just moving like, you know, ridiculous. Like the options were pricing an 8% move and it moves 30%, right? You know, this, this week and these next couple of weeks, we're going to get a sign of that, right? Like, so if we saw, so for instance, Netflix, uh, which goes tomorrow, you know, options are pricing about an 8% move. Um, you know, last time Netflix reported, it moved, what did it move? Uh, 22%. More than eight, as I was say. The two earnings before that, it moved 2% and 3%, right? So that's just how weird that move was last time. And so I would take, I would keep an eye on, you know, we're going to get a sign like Netflix and then Snap later this week, which had massive moves last time. Um, Snap is, you know, the options are pricing, what is it, 15% move, which is pretty massive, but not considering it moved 60% last time. But, you know, if you see Netflix and it just has like a normal move and it moves five, six, seven percent, um, you know, then maybe things are a little bit normal. And as a trader, you can start to, you know, think of things as, you know, I, it's not as unhinged as January. And maybe I want to sell some credit spreads at resistance, you know, and things like that. Or, you know, maybe I feel fairly safe that a Netflix isn't going to go down 25% on a miss, right? And maybe I want to sell a credit put spread at support or something like that. And even, it was funny when you all were talking about Twitter, uh, if you look at the Twitter, you know, Twitter reports, I want to say like the 28th at the end of the month. And right now it's sort of in <clears throat> the stocks almost exactly in between where Musk's, the original Musk news was right when he bought like 10 or 11% of the company. Uh, it's like right in the middle between that price, which is 40, I want to say. And then where his price was, which is what, 54, 20 <laughs> famously. And it's right in between the two. And if you look at the options out to the end of the month on the 29th, they're literally pricing exactly those two levels, right? And so if you are, you know, like what, what news could come out on earnings that would, as long as people are swirling to Spencer's point, like even if it's not Musk and it's other people, like how much could they miss earnings where it went below 40, right? So that's the type of you know, thoughts you, sh you can be looking at going into these types of events where it's like, all right, well, in Twitter, maybe, you know, if I'm a buyer down near 40, because people are, um, you know, I think people will continue to circle around this company and probably up at a price, you know, up near Musk's price, you know, maybe I want to be selling credit put spreads down near 40, right? You know, it's just that sort of thing, um, you know, looking at the expected moves, seeing where the options market is pricing, and then trying to figure out like, all right, where am I a buyer? Where am I a seller? And not just like going out and buying a call or buying a put, because until things look like they looked in January, it's really like 70% of the time that does not work, right? You're buying premium into an event, volatility gets crushed, the stock moves Options were pricing an 8% move, the stock moved 7%, and you've lost money even if you've gotten the direction correct. We're on the line with CC Legator. He's the founder of Options AI. Uh, CC, I know when we were down at uh, at the March lows, uh, there was a lot of press about all the put buying going on by retail, and uh, that was kind of a little bit of a contrarian signal. Uh, 
did you see that on, on the recent rally, but the opposite? Did you see when we got up to 4,600 in the S&Ps that all of a sudden they come out in the woodwork and they, they were buying the calls? Or was it more, well, my puts expired worthless. I'm going to reload those puts or go for calls. What did, what did you see as far as the option call put ro- uh, ratio and options order flow? They were back. I mean, it was very brief. Right. So if you think about last year, you know, the whole meme stock era and we were talking, you know, I've been on the show and we were talking about short gamma squeezes and things like that. Uh, there was that brief week. What what was it like two, two and a half weeks ago where, you know, all of a sudden the headlines again were GameStop and, you know, AMC, all of the cannabis stocks had like a big week that week. And and then Tesla, right? Like Tesla did that rip. And, that, and that's always like sort of the canary in the coal mine of what's happening in retail is just watch Tesla. And yeah, and they were back. And you could just see there was literally, I think I'm trying to think which stock I was looking at, but you would literally see, um, you know, option volume that was 3000% higher than it had been in those names for those, you know, for the last six months, essentially. Like, Options traders had left those stocks for dead, right? And it didn't get, it didn't go long enough that it actually affected the stocks like last time. They sort of had those rips, they found sellers, they came back in, right? And it didn't have that long-term effect where it was, you know, those days of the meme stock, stock gamma squeezes. It, it, you know, are those days over forever? I mean, a lot of people got burnt owning calls over the last six months in all of those names. And well, but it was interesting to your point, Joel, is that they, for a brief moment, everybody came back for about a week and a half. Yeah. Right? And they're like, let's take a shot on this stuff again. Buy in the rip. Yep. It, it looked like it though. I was like looking the same thing and I'm like, oh, this stuff's starting to go, but there, it only it didn't last long this time. I mean, before no. it obviously lasted a while, but it was like for about a week. You're right, CC. Right. And then all of a sudden they pulled the rug out from under it. I mean, the Bed Bath and Beyond maybe even kickstarted some of it. We had Ryan Cohen you know, disclosing that he bought more Bed Bath and Beyond. The stock went from 19 to 30 in one day. Yeah. And then it literally held up there for one day and they pulled right. the rug out from under that. But the well, AMC even, GME, they had their they had their day in the sun again, which yeah. you know a lot of you know professionals would be like, "What's happening here?" But yeah. I mean, obviously AMC's come all the way down. GameStop still seems to hold up for some reason, but I mean, people have been burned here a couple of times now. Is eventually this just go away, or is it like we always could be on the watch out for the next? <laughs> short gamma squeeze it's almost like that yeah the memory keeps getting shorter and shorter and to me i would look like that week you know looking at a GameStop, you're you're like really guys like we're gonna we're gonna fall for this one again yeah but um you know it's what i would say is the days of you know i would have said this during the mania is it's very hard to make money buying out of the money calls, right? And you can get lucky and you can have those periods where you can just make ridiculous amounts of money because the stock goes up a hundred dollars. That is not like a very great long-term option strategy. And this, this time, you know, that was a great example, right? If you rushed out and bought all those, you know, the stocks were up 25% and you're buying out of the money calls another 20%. I mean, that is not a good feeling as soon as that thing reverses. I mean, even Twitter, right? Twitter saw massive uh, options flow up above Elon's price, you know, and then you, what do you do? You, you watch the stock come back in 5%. And by the way, when that happens, when those kinds of uh, story stocks or meme stocks rip and everybody goes out to buy calls, they actually push the volatility higher. So as the stock's going higher, volatility goes higher, right? Which is the opposite of normally typically how stocks work and then as soon as the stock pauses or comes back in five ten percent like that volatility that implied vol gets hammered and so now you've been wrong because you bought high you're also wrong because you bought high vol which is really painful and so i you know i think the days of you know if you're trading earnings there is one exception to this rule and that's tesla has been underpricing tesla options have been underpricing that stock for like going on eight months now 
you know, ever since it first broke out from what was it, 600 all the way up to 1200, that stock and, it, and it's not like so its earnings are this week. I would, I'm not talking about earnings. It, it moves very, it's a very boring or earnings stock, right? It almost moves more when they release car numbers um, or deliveries. But it, it, when it has those story moves, whether it's something Musk is doing or whether it's just sort of everybody diving back into that kind of mania and it makes those runs from like 700 to 1100 or, you know, whatever it did recently, like there's no way for options to price that especially in like a, a $1,000 stock. So that's, I would say, the one exception that's just consistently moves way more than options price. But for most of these other stocks, you want to be doing multi-leg trades. You want to, if you're bullish, you know, buy a call spread. Don't, don't expect that snap move anymore. It may happen and we may get some evidence of it, you know, being crazy this week. But uh, it typically does not. And you want to you basically want to be selling premium beyond what options are, you know, the move options are pricing. Uh, CC, are there any 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 earnings that you'll be trading this week? Well, no, uh, I can't trade. There we go. That's and, but um, yeah, no. So what I would do is, you know, like for the audience um, and that's not like some SEC ban, by the way, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying uh, with the. I certainly yeah. hope not. Um, but yeah, no, what I would say is, you know, for people, if they're interested in like, like what we've been talking about, um, they can go to Options AI and they can go to the free tools on Options AI and they can, you know, see all these expected moves. You can just go through the calendar. And I think it's a really good mindset, particularly, um, you know, a lot of your audience is probably more equity traders. Um that may be dabble in options or they're just equity trades. It's helpful for that too. Um, and so I would definitely recommend like go, going and checking out the tools at optionsai.com. CC Lagador, Options AI, CC, have a great rest of the week, man. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Great to All see right. you guys. All right. While CC was on with us just there, Charles Schwab just reported this was a this is a miss. This is interesting. So Charles Schwab's numbers, their earnings per share and their revenue for uh, last quarter, both came in below estimates and also both declined on a year over year basis. This was not, this was unexpected. It's trading like from the trading you think, or we haven't broken it all down yet. Yeah. I haven't gotten that far yet. Like uh, this, the retail side, I'm wondering. Well, think about it year over year, right? Q1 of last year was, 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 AMC GameStop trading manual. Yeah, killing I don't, it. I don't, on the exposed, I don't know how exposed Charles Schwab is to that. Uh, I haven't gone deep enough in here to here. Let's let's go down another into the into the the actual PR and see what what I can find. Um, but I don't know how exposed Schwab was to like the day trading madness because it's it's Charles Schwab, right? I mean, it's. I think everyone, all of them, had a little bit of exposure on the good side towards that. I'm bringing up the numbers. If you're trading it, Joel, I'm going to steal the level from you. 75 bucks. I mean, we're down. We're taking out some support there. That's obviously the March lows. I don't know if we're going to test it here right now, but we're kind of in free fall. So that's the level I would naturally think it would bounce from. Five bucks down on Schwab feels like a lot. I haven't read into the report yet. But again, it's been hard buying these earning stocks at this point. Uh, Joel, you're on mute. Um, is this the first or second quarter where you know they've been integrated with TD Ameritrade? Uh, has it been more than second, second quarter? This is the second mm. quarter and close at the end of the year. I don't know. Um, well, here, ongoing uh, client engagement uh, was reflected in trading activity that averaged more than 6.5 million, I assume that means trades per day, a uh, level. Exceeded only by the reopening surge of last year's first quarter. Bless you. Thank you. I was, waiting, I was waiting that sneeze, that sneeze for ten minutes. So, uh, so uh, they're saying that like last year's first quarter was the outlier, but if you take away that outlier, it was still the good quarter for them this this year. Um, One point two million new brokerage accounts. Uh, ba 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 they ended the quarter with 33.6 million active accounts, which is up 5% year over year, and $7.86 trillion in AUM, or total client assets, uh, up 11% year over year. Oh, my gosh. Part of me thinks you just want to own. 
I know this is flies against what we just said, but I feel like you almost can't go wrong owning like these Black Rocks and these Schwabs and these just giant asset managers. Unless we go into an extended bear market. Well, unless we go into like a massive recession, then they've had such a run though. Yeah. Too. Like, I mean, but now you can say, well, BlackRock has come down. But if you think about where BlackRock was when all this started, I mean, we had everybody piling money into the stock market, and that is not good for asset managers if they're starting to pile money out of it or people have less money to put into it. I mean, BlackRock had an incredible run. From 500 to 1,000 in a year and a half, basically, it doubled. This is not a stock that typically doubles in a year and a half. Biggest asset manager in the world. So we've come down now significantly at 688. You wonder, are we going to give it all back? Are we going to, we've given it back on all the, you know, a lot of the stocks, you know, the tech, the darlings, the Kathy type stocks, but we haven't given it all back on some of the big financials. You wonder, you start looking at this thing and think, if we go into recession, is BlackRock going to give back its entire 2020 game? Is it possible? I, I don't know, if though. I don't know the answer to that. Is it a stock I would like to own? I mean, it's been one of the best long-term performing know. stocks in a long time. Are you going to go wrong buying a dip here if you have a 10-year time horizon? Probably not. Are you going to be able to re-get it at the five dollars $600 level? I don't know. I mean, the dividend's even 2.84. Maybe you should just be nibbling on it now. In case we do pull out of this faster than we think, because man, some of these financials have really been hit hard. So, uh, you asked where the weakness was in, in Charles Schwab, uh, Dennis. If yeah. you go into the uh, earnings report in Benzinga Pro, so th- this is on the left here is 2022, on the right is 2021. What actually declined year over year? It's it's two things, right? It's trading revenue declined yeah. year over year, and bank deposit account fees declined year over year. And I don't know what other is, but uh, net interest income increased, asset management fees increased. Um, oh, uh, interest expense uh, uh, got uh, fell. But anyway, it's trading mostly, revenue is the big one. That's what we revenue, thought. Trading revenue is the big one, and then bank deposit account fees, but that's so small. So uh, yeah, trading revenue seems to be the. That's big a big decline. That's so. Well, that's what's hit it. Trading yeah. revenue has hit it. It makes sense. People are trading less right now. You know, there's a lot yeah. less going on. Think yeah. about even Kathy. They know how many trades she was making when everything was just flowing in. And now she does like hardly any trades. And one day she didn't do any trades at all. I mean, there's a lot of people who are sitting, holding bags, and they're just waiting for their stocks to come back. And they're maybe not coming back. So a lot of people refuse, absolutely refuse to sell at losses. Believe me, we have seen this, Joel, you know it. You know, being in the prop firm, people coming from retail, there are so many traders that absolutely refuse to sell at a loss, loss yep. and they're holding on. So if they're holding on to these stocks and their capital's tied up in losers, they're not making more trades. And that's not good for the likes of Robinhood. That's not good for the likes of Schwab. I've said oh. the Robinhood different stories. I think eventually somebody could buy them at a certain price. But the underlying businesses are, are not doing that great here um, you, from a trading perspective. You, it's because their clientele up, Hood. is stuck. Joel put up Hood, but you can look at Hood or look at IBKR. They're both trading down on the Schwab report today. Yeah, which they should. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But it, it kind of makes sense that the trading revenue, it's been getting quieter. There's less volatility. And there's a lot of people who were coming and quitting their regular job, going to be full-time traders, who are now realizing, I might have to go back to my regular job because this isn't like I just – buy a stock, wait for it to go up 20% and then sell it and pay all my bills. It's not like that anymore. And people are starting to realize that. So you're losing those clients too. So I don't think it gets better anytime soon from a trading revenue. I would not want to be invested like just in these. In, and again, I said, you know, I might be interested in Robinhood just from, but if you weren't looking at it from a speculative, it might get bought. Their underlying business is probably not doing that great right now. I'm just, uh, what I'm trying to uh, digest is, uh, you know, there were the big acquisitions, right? Uh, you yep. know, Schwab bought TD Ameritrade and uh, Morgan Stanley bought E-Trade. And, you know, and that was, when, what, I mean, that was pretty much. It. It, was, it was right before COVID. The timing was very good because it was right before COVID, right? It was before um, COVID? Yeah, it was 2019. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I'm just wondering if that, you know, if it's going to take a little while to, you know, work out the synergies on those deals, you know, 
Um, maybe they're not coming coming uh, to the bottom line. You know, you spend a lot of money on those acquisitions. Maybe that, you know, it takes a little bit longer to filter it through. Whereas like interactive brokers, you know, they didn't they didn't hop into that. You know, they, they stayed independent. So you always got to think about, you know, mergers and acquisitions, you know, the immediate impact and then, you know, longer term. You know, more people working at the company, integrating it. And the market certainly has taken on a different complexion since then, right? If the market was, uh, you know, if the spoos were at 5,200, 5,300, no war, no inflation, that, you know, it'd be a, you know, a lot bigger deal. I don't know if they, it would have been impossible for them to anticipate the environment that we're in before they did. I mean, if you would have went to Chuck, talk to Chuck and say, Hey, you're going to do this, but there's going to be a pandemic and a war, you know, is that yeah. the right investing environment to do that? So maybe they bit off a little bit more. They can chew, uh, interactive brokers. I'm just, you know, I guess if I had to go to one, I guess I would go with old steady. Uh, what's that guy's name? The, uh, the Thomas Patterfee. Yeah, Thomas Petterfee. I think I'd, I'd stick with them. I mean, interactive brokers. I have an interactive brokers account. Do a lot of trading through IBKR. Um, you know, the, the the platforms for a more sophisticated trader. Like I, a lot of people say, well, what do you trade on IBKR? But if you're just starting, it's a lot. It's not. It, it's it's you need to have some market knowledge to just jump into a trader workstation. It's not like it, it ain't um, easy. It's not, they don't make it as easy, but they got all the tools and bells and whistles that, you know, a pro account has. They have all of that, which is like I've always said, it feels like a prop account. It feels like I've got just as many tools, IBKR, you know, you can get the imbalances, you can get all the information that we talk about at IBKR. If you've been trading for a number of years and you want to step it up, I'd, pro I'd promote IBKR. So it's a different type of trader. Uh, but don't kid yourself. I mean, if trading is suffering overall, there's bag holders and IBKR too. And their volumes probably suffer as well. It's been a great stock to own, but I don't know if I want to own any retail broker right now, aside from maybe a Robinhood, because I think eventually it could get bought. But again, does Robinhood go down to the chat's point to five, six bucks and then get bought? I think eventually somebody buys it, but it's hard when the core business is not really growing like it was. Yeah. Uh, real, real fast, let's just do one stock from the chat. Let's do XPO Logistics real fast, uh, Joel, XPO. I just this is the one okay, I just uh, just real quick. Bank America is going back to scratch there, so that oh, rally yeah. is yeah, yeah, fading yeah. in Bank tough, America. Tough. Yeah, uh, XPO Logistics uh, making a new low of the move. Wow, what a what a whooping! I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's still done going down yet. Down another sixty cents. I mean, if you want to go long this today, then you just look for an undercut rally. You're already taking out the previous day's low. If you make a new low within the fifteen minute, you know, time frame, half hour, come back up. But once again, you know, let's just go to the monthlies on these things, and you're just falling oh. into an area here where, yeah, I could go on the weeklies or I could go on the uh, the monthlies and find something for you. But right now, really. You know, your risk is closer to 52 bucks on this one. Best thing you could hope for would be a couple days of consolidation, bump up from this low, you know, maybe get to 58, 58 and a quarter, and then lean whatever the low is. But right now, it looks like you're just trying to catch a fallen knife. So Transportation, I mean, for goods. I like know. you got the XPL, we talked about this, the FedEx, the UPS, I mean. The rating is on the wall, people. It the really costs is. are going up. Their costs are I going mean, to the, the roof. I mean, the costs are going up, but they're you know, it's people aren't buying as much stuff. They're not. They're starting to already slow down. I mean, the writing is on the wall here, and if I'll you're see. not reading the wall, it is like when you look at stocks like this, you're like, what's going on with XPO? What's going on with Ryder? What's going on with UPS? Same what's thing. going on for FedEx? What's going on with the banks? What's going on is this market is pricing in that is, isn't going to be a soft landing. That's right, I'm going to let you go. In. Triple D, I'm gonna, I'll catch up with you well, later on. Everyone, have a good day. Let's find out. So when is re retail sales? Oh, we just had retail sales. It was that last week. Shoot. Uh, that was for it, the... But that's backward looking. Well, that's and what we, that's, that's, that's all we've forward. that's all we've got is no, it's not. It's not though. That's where you're wrong, Spencer. You can look at XPO and say this is looking forward. FedEx price, this is looking forward. All the banks have... keep getting hit on rallies. This is looking forward. So we, that so that's not true. No. The data 
yeah, sure, you're getting data points and you're looking backward looking, but you get guidance from companies, you get feel, you get the market pricing and risk. But we haven't actually gotten any guidance from companies. I, I, I'll believe that when I see it, right? I, I think it's, I think the shareholders are voting right now and telling you. When's the last time? Bring up XPO, long-term chart. Okay. Bring it up. When has it had a move like this? We have moved. This is either completely mispriced or it's pricing in something that a lot of people are not. And I'm going with the latter. So 78 to 56 in three weeks. This is a company that, you know, like typically moves seven or eight, ten dollars all year. And we just lost 20 points in three weeks. I mean, there is something happening here. And the pricing of some of these stocks that is saying people are going to be spending less money going forward. And you got to be positioned for that. So, and maybe it's all priced in, and maybe we should just be loading up on these stocks. It, you know, it, it's hard to say like when it all turns, but I think people are, I think people are getting strapped. I think people don't have as much discretionary income, and I think those discretionary income purchases are showing up in the stocks of Ford and GM. Everybody's buying new cars. I, it's I, I want to hear from the companies themselves. I, I will take that with. Uh, I will give that more weighting than I give. The market. I mean, the market is selling off the, the entire transportation sector. Uh, we can theorize as to why that is, but it's not even. It's but it's obvious. I mean, that's the one thing. It's like blinking lights at everybody, and everybody wants to ignore it. They don't want to hear that word. They don't want to hear that. Hey, it's the the party. The free money party yeah. is slowed down. Is potentially ordered. It's like blinking. The Fed has spelled it out for us. They spelled it out for us. I never thought six months ago they're going to go start going 50 at a time. I mean, they're attacking this inflation problem. And you know what's going to turn the market? When we get that first data point that, hey, inflation actually, we, we've got a CPI number that's coming down. And they're going to get it. They're going to get it in check. Don't kid yourself. I mean, when it's going to get in check because they're going to drive the economy into a recession. And it's going to start bringing prices back down. And when those prices start coming back down, that's when you jump in. That's when you come in. But we haven't seen that happen yet. So I think you're early. But there will be a time. And that time is going to be when you start seeing the CPI number coming in, not hot, but coming in soft. And you start seeing prices start to come down at your local stores. And it's like, okay, this is starting. To, I'm starting to see something happening here. But going down into you know your, your car lot and seeing a $95,000 F-150, I'm in Canada, so wow, 75 yeah. US or 80,000, is like, who's buying that? Who's buying that car? Isn't this what Dow Theory says, right? Is as, as the transports go, so go the economy, right? So the transports is a leading indicator. I'm pretty sure that's what Dow Theory It is. Is, right? It's like the Dow Theory works. Yeah. There's yeah, something that's so. held for. For so, forever yeah dow theory says transports are a leading indicator of, of the economy so if the last couple of weeks are to be believed you would you would think it's leading into a recession but again let's see what the companies say uh we got to wrap it up though um the live trading coming up next ryan's unate and mitch everyone do me a solid if you haven't already hit that thumbs up button wherever you're watching the show i'd appreciate that please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice thanks to our guest today cc lagator thanks to all of you in the chat all you watching on youtube on twitter on twitch on facebook even on linkedin yeah run linkedin now too uh, that's it. Good luck at the open. Stay tuned. Live trading with Benzinga starting right now. This stream will end to redirect you over there. Have a great rest of your day and uh, stay green. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.